0: Well, good morning to each and every one of you. It's great to see all of you in the main auditorium of you that are in the overflow rooms today. And welcome to all of you who've joined us online across the city of Ottawa, across Canada, and even around the world. I've got a great announcement. Since we made our announcement clip, the shoebox count from Woodville has gone from 800 to 966 shoeboxes. Come on, let's celebrate that. I think that's absolutely amazing, especially during this pandemic season. Well, we're going to come to God's word. We are in a six part sermon series that began last Sunday. We're calling it Christmas has a name and we're taking six Sundays to explore some of the great names of Jesus that are found in the book of Isaiah In Isaiah chapter nine, verse six, for to us, a child is born, us, a son is given, given the government will be on his shoulder and his name will be called wonderful counselor, mighty God. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And then we learn that in verse 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a son. The virgin will conceive, give birth to a son, and will call him Emmanuel, which we know from the Gospel of Matthew means God with us. Last Sunday, we explored wonderful today. We're going to explore counselor, and I am grateful for the many godly Christian counselors right here in our city. And we find ourselves often referring people to Christian counselors, but you know that good Christian counselors seek counsel from the great counselor, Jesus Christ. And so for a few moments this morning, I want to explore with you about the great counselor, Jesus. And I wanna take you to a verse in Psalm chapter 16, verse seven and eight, where the Psalmist said, I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. You might know that the book of Psalms are often messianic and they often point towards Jesus. And David here is telling us that Jesus is the great counselor And when you look to Jesus, the great counselor, your life will not be shaken. He's at your right hand, which speaks of the place of honor. And Jesus is here for you. Jesus is in the house today. And there's an excitement in this place to lift up the name of Jesus. So church, before we go any farther, can we put our hands together and celebrate our Lord, our savior, Jesus Christ. For a couple moments this morning, I want to give you 10 powerful reasons why you and I need Jesus as our great counselor. Reason number one is because of his empathy, not sympathy, empathy. There's a big difference. When someone is sympathetic, they feel sorry for you. They feel bad with what you're going through. But when they are empathetic, they feel like they're carrying the burden. They feel like they're in your shoes. They might have even already walked through what you've walked through, and so they're empathizing with you, and I want you to know Jesus empathizes with what you are walking through. In John chapter 11, verse 35, Lazarus dies, and Jesus is with Mary and Martha, and it says he wept, he sobbed, he was empathizing, he could feel the pain of Mary and Martha. Then the writer of Hebrews gives us some great clues in Hebrews two seventeen and 18. For this reason, he had to be made like them fully human in every way. Jesus came to this earth as a man fully human in order that he might become a merciful, a faithful high priest in service to God, that he might make atonement for the sins of the people because he himself suffered when he was tempted. He's able to help those who are being tempted. Because of what Jesus went through, he can help us. Look at Hebrews 4, 14 to 16. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess for we do have a high priest who is, we do not have a high priest who's unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who's been tempted in every way, just as we are, but he didn't sin. Therefore, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so we may receive mercy, find grace to help us in our time of need. Some of you today are thinking, who understands what I'm going through? The answer is Jesus. He knows what you're going through. He feels what you feel, and he empathizes with what you are facing. Luke chapter 22, 31 to 32, Jesus talks to Simon Peter, and he tells him that, that Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. I love this. Jesus said, I prayed for you, Simon, that your faith wouldn't fail. And when you've turned back, strengthen your brothers. It's like Jesus was saying, Peter, when you deny me with what you go through, go and help people who are going through what you've been through. Paul picks it up in second Corinthians 1, 3, 4. praise be the God, father, our Lord, Jesus Christ, father of compassion, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God church, whatever you've gone through, Jesus wants to use you to help someone who's going through what you've gone through. But when you feel like nobody understands, no, Jesus understands. He knows what you're facing and he cares, number one. Number one is empathy. But then there's number two. I love this. His availability, his approachableness, and his attention. Have you ever tried to book an appointment with a doctor or dentist and they say, how's five months down the road at two o'clock on a day that's not good for you? You all know what that's like, but isn't it good to know you don't have to book an appointment with Jesus? Isn't it good to know you can talk to Jesus at any time, any moment. He's available to you 24-7 and he's approachable, and he's accessible, and he gives you his undivided attention. You ever been with someone that you knew they weren't focused on you, their eyes are wandering, they're looking at their phone, you feel like you're a bother to them, you are never a bother to Jesus, amen. And here's the kicker, you can have his undivided attention, and so can someone else. So can everyone on planet Earth have Jesus' undivided attention all at the same time. Why? Because he is Jesus. Why? Because he's the wonderful counselor. He's approachable. He's accessible. And he, he gives you his undivided attention. I was reading the gospel of Matt, Mark this week, and I saw some amazing stories. Let me tell you a couple in Mark two, verse three, some man came to Jesus and they brought him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. And Jesus is in the middle of his teaching in a house and right through the roof. Someone is lowered and Jesus didn't say, this is my sermon back off. He stopped what he was saying and he healed the one who interrupted his service church. Why? Because you're never an interruption to Jesus. Mark chapter five, there's this guy named Jairus. He's a synagogue leader and he comes to Jesus and he falls at his feet. Look at verse 23 and he pleads to Jesus earnestly. My little daughter is dying. Please come, Jesus. Put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. Note this. Jesus didn't say, I'll go tomorrow. Jesus didn't say, wait till I'm done. He immediately left and he went, why? Because that's my Jesus. And then, and then church in Mark chapter six in verse 34, he lands on a certain place and there's a large crowd and he has compassion on them. Why? They're like a sheep without a shepherd and he starts to teach them. And in Mark chapter six, he feeds the 5,000 and then in Mark ten forty six he comes to Jericho and, and he's with his disciples and there's a large crowd and he's leaving the city and a blind man, Bartimaeus is in the crowd and he's sitting by the roadside begging and there's all these people there. I love this story. There's probably hundreds, maybe even thousands of people lining the street but Jesus stops just for Bartimaeus and he heals him. Friends, Jesus is here for you right now. He cares for you. You're not a bother. You're not a burden. He wants to meet your need. Somebody celebrate today that he is accessible, approachable, and he gives us all of his attention. But then there's number three, his sensitivity. You ever met someone that doesn't know they need help? You ever met someone who doesn't even know what their problem is? You ever met someone who doesn't really understand what they're feeling? Maybe that's you. And here's what I love about Jesus. Even when you don't seek him out for counsel, he seeks you out to give you counsel. Even when you don't go to him, he comes to you. Come on, that's a good word today. Even when you feel so down and depressed, and you can't get out of bed, and you can't face another day, he goes right where you are to meet you right with what you're going through hallelujah luke chapter 19 there's a guy named zacchaeus he was a wee little man you see and when jesus reached the spot he looks up and he saw him this is verse five of luke 19 zacchaeus come down immediately i must stay at your house today in verse six so he came down at once and welcomed him gladly and jesus met zacchaeus's need john chapter four Jesus is on a mission and he's on a journey and he must, it says here, he must go through Samaria. Jewish people and Samaritans didn't hang out with each other. The animosity was huge. Jews didn't like Samaritans and Samaritans didn't like Jews. But here's Jesus, the Jew who loves everybody, including Samaritans. And he comes to a well where a lady comes to draw water and there's a divine appointment. Jesus shows up right when she shows up church. Jesus shows up right when you need him the most. He's there. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. He's there in the darkest moments. Why? Because he is a sensitive Jesus. Then there's 2 Samuel 12. The Lord sent Nathan to David. David had sinned with Bathsheba. David had arranged for the murder of Bathsheba's husband Uriah. And David is hiding in his sin, but God loved him so much that he sends the prophet Nathan to him. And Nathan gently speaks into David's life and helps get David back on track. Have you ever been in a service and the preacher is preaching and you're like, man, he just read my email. This servant is just for me. I'll tell you, church, that's because God loves you. You show up to church, and there's one line in the sermon that's just for you. You're in the worship service, and there's just one song that Pastor Brad leads, and it's just for you. You're in the lobby, and you're stepping outside, and someone says hello to you just for you, I'll tell you, because Jesus seeks you out, even when you don't even realize what you need, even when you can't go to him, church. He goes to you. Come on, church. That's the most exciting thing, that even when I don't feel like I can press forward. He presses towards me. And then there's number four, his knowledge and his experience. I mean, let's be honest, counselors have got abilities, but they don't know everything. Some counselors are good with this. Some are good with that. Some are good with marriage. Some are good with eating disorders. Some are good with deliverance and some are good with something else. No counselor has all the knowledge or all the giftings, but I know someone who knows everything because he is everything and his name is Jesus. There's not a subject that he is not an expert in. He's the expert of expert. He's the counselor of counselor. And his name is Jesus. And he's got all the experience. i pastored since 1985. I've got only 35 years of ministry experience. But my Jesus has lived from eternity to eternity. His experience goes on forever and ever and ever. He always was and he always will be. He's the most knowledge and he's the most experienced. And his name is Jesus. In John chapter 1 verse 48, Nathaniel says to Jesus, how do you know me? And Jesus said, I saw you where well, you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you, Jesus wasn't physically there and he saw a church. The eyes of Jesus are on you at all times and his eyes have never left you. John 4, 29, the woman at the well, she gets changed by Jesus and she says, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? I'll tell you, he wasn't just the Messiah of the past, he's the Messiah of the present and he's the Messiah of the future. His name is Jesus, he's the wonderful, Counselor. He's the experienced counselor and he's the knowledge counselor. But then there's number five, his loving care, love and action is compassion. He doesn't just love you. He cares for you that he does something for you. Can I read Romans five, six to eight? Oh, All these verses move me. You see just at the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though have a good person. Someone might possibly die, dare to die. But God demonstrated his own love for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God didn't look down from heaven and say, I love you. He said, I love you so much that I'm sending my son Jesus. Jesus didn't walk on earth and say, I love you. He did say it, but he loved you so much that he went for a cross for you. He put his love in action and a great counselor always puts their care in action. Mark 10, 21, Jesus meets a man who was wealthy. I love this verse. Maybe you didn't see it. Jesus looked at him and he loved him. He looked at him and he loved him one thing you lack. He said, go sell everything you have, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. First John 419 says, we love because he first loved us. Who made the first move of love? First move of love was made by God. You didn't love first. He loved first. And because he loves you, you can love one another. And because he loves us, we can love Ottawa, and we can love Canada, and we can love the world. But who started the love thing? God almighty. John 1335, by this. Everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. Number five is loving care. But then there's number six is honesty. I tell you, church, I don't want a counselor that that doesn't get honest. I want to give you a couple of stories. I was 22 years of age. It's 1985. I'm in my first church. I'm not married yet. We got married in 86. And I finished the service and I popped a mint in my mouth and I'm going to the door to shake hands. And I was sporting in those days, a, a thick mustache and I don't know how it happened, but a little bit of the paper from the lifesaver wrapper got caught in my mustache and I shook hands with everybody as they left. And nobody told me that there was a wrapper hanging on my mustache. Can I tell you another story? It's kind of embarrassing. I mean, it's a Sunday night service and, and I, and I'm single and Evelyn, you would never let this happen. But I opened up my closet and I thought, I'm going to find something I haven't worn in a long time. And, and in those days we're sporting suits, ties. And I found a suit I hadn't worn in a long time. I put it on, looked in the mirror and said, I look handsome. I'm going to church in this nice suit. Why on earth have I not worn this suit in such a long time church starts I'm working with my senior pastor. He had a tradition. We'd get on the platform and we'd kneel down at our our chair and I'm kneeling down, taking my one minute of prayer. And I got up and I went to the podium and there's a board member in the back and he's trying to get honest with me. And I see him laughing and laughing and he points to me and he does one of these. And I've got the microphone and said, let's stand together and sing. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. And I reached behind to discover that the back end of my pants is ripped out to the fullest. And the whole church saw it. But he was honest. I'm here to declare to you that Jesus he is honest, but he knows how to be truthful and graceful. Truthy meets gracey, And Jesus knows when you need truth and grace and how much. John 1.14. The word became flesh made his dwelling among us. We've seen his glory. The glory of the one, the only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. Jesus wasn't low in grace or low in truth. He was so filled with grace and truth. He knew when you needed a little more truth. He knew when you need a little more grace and he knew how to blend it together. And I want to become graceful and truthful. But I need someone who is honest in my life and Jesus is always honest in Ephesians 4 15. Instead, speak the truth in love. We will grow to become in every respect, the mature body of him who's ahead. That is Christ. And then John 4 16 to 18, Jesus meets the woman at the well and he told her go call your husband come back I have no husband she replied Jesus said you're right when you say you have no husband the fact is you've got you've had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband what you have said is just quite true but Jesus was honest with her because he cares so sometimes when Jesus is honest we're not gonna say amen we're gonna say ouch and I'm glad for the convicting power of Jesus and the great counselor is always honest. But then there's number seven, his wisdom. He's the wisest of the wise. He's the experienced of the experience. He knows what you should do. And he wants to show you what you should do. Luke two fifty two. Jesus grew. When he's on earth in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man, Paul said in first Corinthians one 30, it's because of him that you're in Christ Jesus. Who's become for us wisdom from God. Who is Jesus? He's the wisdom from God. Colossians two, three, in whom are hidden all the treasure of wisdom and knowledge. Church, Jesus, the wonderful counselor, wants you to untap his wisdom and show you what you need to know and tell you what you need to hear. Why? Because he is wise. But then there's number eight, his confidentiality. There's nothing worse when you confide in someone and they put it on Facebook. There's nothing worse when you tell a pastor and you become the sermon illustration on Sunday morning. Luke six nineteen, or I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Luke 22, 61 and 62, Jesus one day had told Peter that he was going to deny him three times. And Peter denied Jesus three times. And look at verse 61, the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. And the look wasn't, I told you so. The look was a look of forgiveness and love and care. And in verse 62, Peter goes outside and he weeps bitterly. But Jesus didn't share what happened to everyone. Look at, look at Luke 24, 34 and saying it's true. The Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. He didn't give all the details. He just said he appeared to Simon. Look at First Corinthians 15, 5. It says he appeared to Cephas, which is another name for Peter. And then to the 12. Jesus kept it confidential. Jesus didn't share it with everybody. And one day Jesus is talking to his disciples and he, and he, and he tells Peter how he's going to die. And, and Peter goes, wow, that's how I'm going to die. What about John? Look at John 21, 22. Jesus said to him, if I want him meaning John to remain alive until I return, what's that to you? You must follow me. In other words, Peter, it's none of your business church. When you tell it to Jesus, he tells, he tells no one else other than the father and the Holy Spirit. I want to show you in John 16, 13 to 15, what goes on in heaven when you bring your burden to Jesus. Let me read it to you. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come 14. He will glorify me because it's from that he will receive what he will make known to you. Verse 15, all that belongs to the father is mine. That is why I said the spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. Let me put it together. When you tell Jesus, Jesus goes to the father and the father tells Jesus what should be done. And then Jesus tells Holy spirit. And then the Holy spirit who's already in you begins to speak to you. Confidentiality is there between father, son and Holy spirit. And they begin to reveal his plan for you, his confidentiality. But then there's number nine is prayer. I have people all the time say to me, pastor, nobody, is praying for me, I'll tell you, there's someone praying for you at all times. And his name is Jesus. Hebrews chapter 7, 24, 25. But because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood you see, in that day, priests on earth would present the needs of the people to God. But when Jesus came and died, he became the high priest. We don't have to go to an earthly priest. We can go to the high priest, Jesus, who lives forever. And he will take our need to God the Father. Look at verse 25. Therefore, he's able to save completely those who come to God through him. Because he always lives to intercede for them. Let me give you another translation. He is ever interceded for you. We're going to come tonight and pray for one hour, but Jesus hasn't stopped praying for you. He's been praying for you 24 seven. When you're sleeping, he's praying. When you're at work, he's praying. When you're, when you're at lunch, he's praying. You are always on his mind and come on Woodville. He's ever interceding for you at all times. And his prayers are so powerful. John 14, 16. One of the most powerful prayers, he said, I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate, which can be translated another counselor to help you and be with you forever. You see, when Jesus was walking on earth and he's telling his disciples, I'm going to go to a cross. I'm going to die. Let me give you the loose translation. They looked at Jesus said, no, we don't like this. Jesus said, I must die. I must go. I must leave this earth. But then he said to his disciples, I'm going to go so that the Holy Spirit will come. And when you invite Jesus Christ into your life, you get God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Inside of you right now is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Paul said you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Wherever Mark goes, wherever you go, Holy Spirit goes. You know what that means? The Counselor Holy Spirit who's in you goes wherever you go. Wherever you are, he is, and he wants to speak to you. Come on, give a little clap offering of praise to the Lord. He is the Wonderful Counselor but then there's number 10 his presence and his power I mean have you ever been with someone that their body language spoke more than their words they're being really nice to you but they're like this hi how are you and they're kind of just oblivious to your presence and their body language makes you so tense Jesus would never do that Jesus presence is rich and real and whether you're in this auditorium or you're in one of the overflow rooms or you're at home watching today Jesus is present in this place Jesus is present in the overflow rooms Jesus is present in your home right now and there's something he wants to do for you why because he is the wonderful counselor he not only is present he's all-powerful and sometimes we think that he has potential power, but that's where we stop. Hear me, church. He doesn't just have potential power. He is power. He can change your life. He can do what no one else can do. You see, an earthly counselor can tell you what to do, but they can never help you do what you need to do. But Jesus, who tells you, helps you. An earthly counselor cannot change it for you on the inside. They can only advise you. But Jesus, in his experience and his wisdom not only advises us, but here it is. He's got the power to change your life. You can give him your burden and he will give you his blessing. You can give him your worry and he will give you his peace. You can give him your bondage and he will give you his deliverance. You can give him your sickness and he will give you his healing. Why? Because he is the wonderful counselor who's always present and all powerful. Somebody risk a little. Amen. Luke chapter six, verse 19, the people all tried to touch him because power was coming from him and healing them all. Everyone's trying to just touch the hem of the garment of Jesus. Mark shares a story in Mark five, 27 to 29. It's a story of a woman who had an issue of blood. No one could help her. Doctors tried. No one could bring the change. Nothing would change. She tried everything, but nothing would work. So she came to Dr. Jesus in verse 27. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. I want you to picture her pressing into the crowd. If I could just, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, She thought if I touch his clothes, I will be healed. Verse 29, immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt her body, she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. One touch of Jesus can change your life forever and ever. I want the worship band and team to come and join me on the platform. And I want to invite you to stand all across this place. Would you stand with me this morning? If you're in the overflow room, can I invite you to stand? If you're at home watching on live streaming, can I invite you to stand? And I want to leave you with a verse that's an invitation of Jesus. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, he said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. The pandemic has drained us. The crisis is exhausting. Life is not easy. People are struggling. People are hurting. And may the church keep giving hope to a city and a nation and a world that is feeling hopeless right now. When darkness sweeps us, let's share the light of Jesus Christ. And I declare in this place and I declare to all of you that are watching on live streaming, Jesus is the wonderful Counselor Give him your pain. Give him your problem. Give him your perplexity. Give him your worry. Give him your fear. Give him your sickness. Give him your crisis. And watch what Jesus will do. And some of you today in this auditorium, and some of you watching on live streaming, and some of you in the overflow room, you're like, I'm so tired. I'm so weary. I can't even crawl into the arms of Jesus. I've got a word for you today. He's reaching out to you right now. He's pursuing you before you even pursue him. And his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. He's the wonderful counselor. He's the alpha. He's the omega. He's the beginning. He's the end. He's the sweet rose of Sharon. He's my savior, my deliverer, my baptizer. He's my soon coming king. Oh, friends, he's the hope of Ottawa. He's the hope of Canada. He's the hope of the world. He's the answer to your problem. He's the answer to the crisis. He is not changed. He is still on a throne. He's praying he's praying and his name is Jesus come on put your hands together and give a loud clap offering of praise to the Lord God Almighty and so this morning I want to invite us to let there be let there be with our hands lifted let there be worship that would flow from us today why because He's a wonderful counselor. Why? Because of his empathy. Why? Because of his availability. Why? His approachableness, his attention, his wisdom, his confidentiality, his sensitivity, his knowledge, his experience, his loving care, his honesty, his prayer, and his presence, and his power, and his name is Jesus. Let's not look down. Let's look up and lift up the name of Jesus Christ today. So all across this place, main level balcony and the risers and the overflow in your homes just lift your hands right now and pastor I want you with the singers to worship in song with your voice and we're going to worship together and we're going to lift up the name of Jesus Christ in this place let's worship together I cast my mind to Calvary where Jesus played. And died for me I see his wounds His hands, his feet My Savior on That cursed tree His body bound And drenched in tears They laid him down Choice is to the entrance, saved by heavy storm, Messiah stayed in door. your heads together and celebrate his name. Amen. Amen. In our final moments, I'm going to ask that every head would be bowed and everyone's eyes would be closed. And I ask you this question of today was the day that you stepped into eternity, that you died. Do you know that you're going to heaven? Are you ready to meet your maker? Are you ready for heaven? If today was the day, do you know that you're ready for heaven? God loves you so much that the Son Jesus, Jesus loved you so much, died on a cross for your sins, church, the way to heaven is through Jesus Christ. You must have a personal relationship with Him. Christianity is not religion, it's a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. You're standing here today or you're watching online and you can't answer that question with a definite yes. I'd have no greater joy than leading you to Jesus today. And I believe there's a number of you in this auditorium and a number of you that are watching online that you're not ready for heaven, but today you want to make sure that you're ready. And I'm going to lead you in this prayer and we're going to join you as you pray. So let's pray together. Dear Jesus, Jesus, I ask you into my life. life. Please forgive me of my sins. sins. I have decided decided to follow Jesus. I receive you in my life. I say yes to Jesus. I I pray this now now. in Jesus' name. name. Amen. Amen. Can we open our eyes and take a moment to celebrate salvation? Come on, take a moment to celebrate salvation. You're standing here today or you're watching online and you invited Jesus in your life you made the best decision you could ever make and if you're here on site on your way out at the exit points there's some tables drop by a table we've got a Bible for you it's free a little booklet for you it's free and we want to tell you how we can help you in your new faith journey. if you're in the city reach out to us if you cross the country around the world reach out to us if you're in the city and you don't attend a life-giving Bible believing church join us in the journey and if you live somewhere else in Canada around the world and you need help to find a Bible-believing, life-giving church, reach out to us, and we'd be glad to help you. Well, in just a moment, I'm gonna pray, but before I pray, I wanna really invite you, encourage you to be here tonight. If there's ever a time for the church to pray, this is the time, and there's a lot we need to pray about. We're gonna gather tonight, six to seven, main auditorium, family-friendly prayer time, and you need to register online if you're joining on site. We'd love to have you, and if you're watching online right now, it will be live streamed tonight as well, and we're going to take an hour calling upon the name of the Lord, because we know prayer makes the difference, and I just want to also as your pastor again, thank you for your ongoing faithful giving, and many of you give online, but there's many of you who've come this morning ready to give, and there'll be ushers with buckets at the back. There's debit machines in the lobby, and church, keep on being faithful in your giving, And after the service closes, and if you'd like someone to personally pray for you once the auditorium empties, come to the front, stand on one of these lines here. There is a team of altar workers that will stand properly distanced from you, and we want to pray for you. Lift up the Christmas season in prayer, two o'clock, four o'clock, six o'clock, Christmas Eve. We're excited, and we believe God's gonna do something great and something exciting, and I can't tell you how much of a thrill it is to see all of you today. It really is. And I, I want to pray for you. And I, I, I don't want us in a moment when we walk out to say, wow, that was awesome worship. It's awesome worship pastor. I don't want people when they walk out to say, wow, that was an awesome video clip of water baptism. And it was awesome. I don't want you to walk out and say, that was a cool message. I don't want you to say that. I want you when you walk out to say, Jesus, is awesome and wonderful because that's who it's all about. So, Father God, thank you for this amazing church. Evelyn and I love these folks so much. I thank you, God, for all you're doing. I thank you, God, for so many new people who have joined us in the journey. Thank you, God, for everyone on site in this main auditorium, those in the overflow rooms and those that are at home watching. I pray blessing on every life. I pray that you would reveal yourself as the wonderful counselor. I pray that we'd give you our burden and you would give us your rest. And I pray, God, that you would lift our spirits. I pray, God, you give us a great prayer night tonight and give us an incredible week. We give you the glory and the honor and the praise. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. God bless you.